stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, the, uh... Well, that's kind of 2017 in a nutshell for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is not always the quickest on his feet, yet for whatever reason has decided that he, by and large, is going to be the face of this government. There are, and I will admit, there are some, some decent and capable cabinet ministers, but they all seem to take a back seat to Justin Trudeau. The liberals have decided that, look, you know, this government's going to live or die by how people feel about Justin Trudeau. Maybe they're right. I mean, the liberals did win the last election. Now, under a different leader, maybe it would have been the same, but there certainly was, I guess, enough of an affinity with this guy. Uh, the people got excited. Enough people got excited that they were able to form a majority government, but uh, it's not an election anymore. You know, the reality of governing certainly set in in 2017, and there were a number of controversies and missteps along the way, and many of those land right at the feet of Justin Trudeau. So as we're going back, we're sort of looking at the year that was in federal politics. To me, that was kind of the big theme, is how many times this guy managed to stumble. So he put together what, at least in my opinion, are the 10 most embarrassing and awkward moments for Justin Trudeau this year. So we're going to count them down from least awkward to most awkward. And I'm curious what you think. And I'm going to start with this one. Now, maybe this is a little unfair to put this on the list. But still, to me, this was a little painful. This moment from June with Gary the Unicorn. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Gary. Oh, wow. It's so awesome to be here. You know what? I, I, I just wanted to ask you something. Sure. Um, do you want to be in my hug club? I would love to be in your hug club, Gary. What, what you have to do is you have to, you have to give me a hug that I've never had before. Oh, boy. I'm going to do uh, what I want to do all the time when I meet people is give them the biggest, squeeziest hug that I can. Really? I think that's what you're going to get as a prime minister's hug. Okay. Ready? I can't wait for it. Brace okay. yourself. I'm bracing myself. Uh. Oh, yes. This is the best prime minister hug I've ever had. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I had to include that. That was just painful. And by the way, doesn't Gary the Unicorn sound a lot like Cartman from South Park? That just makes it uh, a lot weirder. Okay, uh, this was also the year, folks, that the prime minister made it clear that the promise from 2015, that that election was going to be the last under our first-past-the-post system, was a lie. That it was not going to change, there was going to be no electoral reform, and I don't think they had any intention of keeping that promise. I don't know why they made it in the first place, to be honest. And it was an issue that Trudeau really struggled with. When you're that blatantly breaking a promise, how do you possibly explain that away? And there were many painful attempts. This one was from March. It was International Women's Day, and the prime minister was taking questions from women in the House of Commons. And one woman put it pretty plainly. Well, this was a one way to get more women involved in politics. Now you've killed it 
Well, what's up with that? As we said, we do need to improve our voting system, and that's why we're making significant changes uh, that are going to improve uh, by reversing some elements of the Unfair Election Act, uh, make sure that people have access to vote. We did talk about uh, changing the electoral system, and it was a commitment that I was very much hoping to be able to do. Fundamentally, my responsibility as a Prime Minister is to do the right things for Canada in the best interests of the country moving forward. And I know there are people who are very passionate about electoral reform, and I'm actually one of them. Uh, but at the same time, what was clear to me was that we were on a path uh, that was not going to lead Canada to a good place, that was not going to serve the interests of the country uh, or the citizens that we need to represent. And I had to make a very difficult call uh, to put aside uh, the commitment to change our voting, uh, our type of voting, and move forward in other ways to do that. And I know there are people who disagree with that, and that's what we have elections for. You will be able to be critical of me uh, now, ongoing, uh, and at the ballot box if that's the issue that matters most to you, and I know a number of you will. But I will always make decisions in terms of what is in the best interest of the country, and that's exactly what I did in that situation. Okay, so it would be irresponsible to do the thing that we said we would do, yet we made the promise anyway. That was certainly awkward. All right, let's go to the next one here. Now we're at uh, number uh, eight on the list. And this was something else that we saw a few times where the prime minister had to either apologize, come back and explain, uh, try to reset something he had said. And he walked right into this one. This was in February at a town hall meeting in Sherbrooke, Quebec. A question was asked to the prime minister in English, and he refused to answer in English. Funding for psychiatry and mental health services have been grossly underfunded compared to the other areas of health care. Of particular concern in this area are services to minority populations. Most of the public services in this area are available in French only. It is only in the last 10 years that we have had a group dedicated to trying to help the English population in this area. I would really appreciate your comments on this subject. Merci. Thank you. Um. Si vous permettez, je vais répondre en français pour que tout le monde puisse entendre. Euh, mais euh, merci de votre utilisation de nos deux langues officielles au, au, au pays. Euh, mais euh, on est au Québec, donc je vais répondre en français. Uh, I uh, defend bilingualism and I understand that uh, in a town hall in which we are uh, engaged with a broad range of Canadians who come out uh, to hear from the Prime Minister um, in Sherbrooke, in Quebec, uh, the town hall uh, happened in French. I was glad to take questions in English. Uh, surprised, to be quite frank, that there were as many questions uh, in English uh, at, uh, uh, at the town hall, uh, but pleased that so many people from different backgrounds came out. I will always defend official bilingualism. I uh, believe deeply in it, uh, but I also uh, uh, understand uh, the importance of, uh, of uh, speaking French, of defending the French language uh, in Quebec, and uh, that is something I will uh, continue to do while respecting minority language rights uh, across the country. Okay, now these town hall meetings must have seemed like a good idea, but uh, they ended up creating a lot of moments that end up on this list, and uh, I think folks out here will remember these next two. Uh, this one from January, where the prime minister, I think maybe he was pandering a bit because the, the question he was asked was, was pretty anti-pipeline and anti-oil sands. 
And I guess the prime minister wanted that guy to to feel good because here's what he said. I've said time and time again, and you're all tired of hearing me say it, uh, you can't make a choice between what's good for the environment and what's good for the economy. Uh, We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, We need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, That is going to take time. And in the meantime, we have to manage that transition. We need to phase them out. And what a controversy that sparked. Not surprisingly, he was asked about it in Calgary. The town hall meetings uh, came through our province. And so as a way to get himself out of that mess... Now, the Prime Minister invented some facts about the previous government. Here's the next entry in our list. You know who tried to force a choice between the environment and the economy? The last government. They said, we're not going to do anything on the environment, and we're going to get all these pipelines approved. Do you know what they did? They didn't get any pipelines approved. Do you know why? Because people didn't have confidence that they were building for the long term, that they were creating the jobs and the opportunity of the future because they refused to accept uh, that the way to build a strong economy for the future is to protect the environment at the same time. So, I have talked repeatedly about the fact we need to get off of fossil fuels as uh, a dependency we have. We need to move beyond fossil fuels, but that, even, even Stephen Harper recognized we have to get off fossil fuels eventually. We have to do that. We cannot do that right now. We have to manage the transition, and that's why I have approved pipelines that the previous government wasn't able to do. Well, okay, of course, the previous government couldn't have approved pipelines that were not given the green light by the NEB until after the election. Previous government was in no position to say yes to Trans Mountain, but the Harper government obviously did get pipelines built. The Alberta Clipper, the original Keystone Pipeline, and others. Okay, let's take a break here because things really start to get awkward as we count down number five through to number one. What takes the cake? as the Prime Minister's most awkward and embarrassing moment of 2017. Maybe you know, or maybe you got a good idea, but there's some uh, bumpy steps along the way. We are back with more right after this. Kind of a different take on the uh, year in review of federal politics. We're counting down the 10 most awkward and embarrassing moments in 2017 for Prime Minister Trudeau, for whom, unfortunately, there were many. And so as we count down from number five through number one, things really get awkward. Who could forget this? I'm sure folks in Alberta won't. July 1st, Canada Day. We may live in British Columbia, Yukon, the Northwest Territories, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Nunavut, Ontario, Quebec. New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, or Newfoundland and Labrador. But we embrace that diversity while knowing in our hearts that we are all Canadians. 
let me just start by saying uh, I'm a little embarrassed. I got excited somewhere over the Rockies. It's déjà de l'Alberta ici. Alberta over here. Alberta, I love you. Happy Canada Day. Right, it's easy, easy to forget Alberta. Uh, all tucked away down there. Marge, anyone can miss Canada. All tucked away down there. Okay, so just before that, in June, the Prime Minister was on American television. Boy, the Yanks sure love our Prime Minister. Uh, Kelly and Ryan, Kelly Ripa, Ryan Seacrest, they brought their talk show to Niagara Falls. And they landed the Prime Minister as a guest. And it seems as though maybe the Prime Minister didn't do his homework. He was asked a question that was ostensibly about his own kids. And yet he somehow found a way to put his foot directly in his mouth. If you had to predict and say, what, if one of my three kids will be prime minister, which one would you uh, put your money on? Well, this is going to be <laughs> not a no chance. Way to win well, that no, one. I will say, I will say, I have, I have one daughter, and there is something very special about imagining a, a woman prime minister. Yeah. Uh, I, think so. I think it's long overdue. I just don't think we have to wait that long. I think it should be sooner than that. Right, and Kim Campbell would agree. Uh, you see... Folks, and I'm sure you all know, Canada already had a female prime minister. Now, no one's saying that one is sufficient. But you need not imagine the idea of one since, yes, we did have one. All right, moving on. This was from May. And this became, I I think, a troubling trend through the year where where question period becomes uh, a farce. I I get that there's an old joke about how, you know, there's a reason they don't call it answer period. I think the liberals have taken that to, to new heights or new lows, shall we say. And, and maybe nowhere was that more evident than on this day in May. Now, I don't have the time here, folks, to, to share with you all 20 or so questions and answers. But there's a pretty obvious theme here. A very simple and direct question being asked repeatedly of the prime minister. And, well, you can judge for yourself whether... He provides an answer. Has the Prime Minister met with the Ethics Commissioner? And if so, how many times? Very, very simple. Mr. Speaker, uh, I am pleased to work with the Ethics Commissioner uh, uh, and Conflict of Interest Commissioner uh, to answer any questions she may have. That's what Canadians expect of the Prime Minister, and that's exactly what I'm doing. How many times has the Prime Minister communicated with the Ethics Commissioner answer the question i will give the same answer i'm happy to work with the ethics commissioner on any questions uh, she may have but one of the things that i like about uh, prime minister's question period is i get to take questions uh, from any mp across the way has their questions not just the party leaders how many times has he communicated with the ethics commissioner the ethics commissioner to answer any questions that she might have. So will the Prime Minister stop hiding the truth and show Canadians what he's actually made of and tell Canadians how many times he's met with the ethics commissioner? I'm uh, happy to work with the ethics commissioner to answer any questions that she may have. Okay, well, the ethics commissioner may yet come up again uh, in this countdown, but uh, that went on and on, folks. There were 20 or so questions from conservatives, New Democrats, and a very simple question. How many times have you met with the ethics commissioner? And every single time, every single time, the same answer, which is not an answer. I'm happy to work with the ethics commissioner. 
All right, moving on as we get closer here to uh, the top or the bottom of the list, depending on your perspective. This from April. And this was on a very serious matter, too. Right? And the question was asked about uh, North Korea. And obviously, the North Korea situation, big, big uh, international story in 2017. And Canada certainly has a role to play. You would think the prime minister would have something prepared, some kind of an answer to talk about how we view the threat of North Korea and what we believe needs to be done about it. Instead, we got this rambling, maybe is a kind way of, of putting it, uh, this answer from the prime minister, this from April. We need to uh, ensure that we are working uh, together with our allies uh, to find a path forward there because uh, uh, a, a nuclear power like North Korea that has shown um, a level of uh, irresponsibility and um, fundamental irresponsibility to, to not use a, a uh, a word like uh, crazy, which I will not use, um, is, uh, uh, is of real concern. Real concern. Yeah, that's one way to put it. There was some real concern in that statement. That was about five seconds of the most awkward silence. At least the, the seagulls were in the background to fill that gap. But that was pretty bad. Well, and perhaps now at this point you can guess where this countdown ends. As 2017 uh, ended on a really bad note for the prime minister. That he now has the dubious distinction of being the first sitting prime minister to have been found in violation of Canada's ethics laws. And it concerns the aforementioned ethics commissioner and this uh, trip that he took a year ago, the prime minister that is, with his family to the Aga Khan's private island a controversy he should have seen coming, and a question he should have seen coming. So how could that not have occurred to you, with all due respect? You were going to take a free holiday from someone you consider a friend, but obviously you have a different definition of a friend than the commissioner. You knew that they had a lobbying registry, that they were set up to lobby the government. How could it not have occurred to you that that might not have been okay? Uh, the fact is, we work... Uh, the, uh, sorry, let me just try to reorder, reorder the thoughts. Reorder the thoughts. There's a, a perfect political hashtag for you for 2017. Reorder the thoughts. So that's how the prime minister's year ended. Now, was that, was that, was that an unfair representation of Justin Trudeau's 2017? Obviously, some of those uh, clips where at least he's, he's putting together words forming coherent sentences and simply avoiding questions. And some of that is the prime minister expected to be able to think on his feet, to be able to explain his own position, the government's position, speak directly to matters that a prime minister should be capable of. And he's unable to do so. That doesn't bode well going forward. As mentioned, as I conceded earlier in the, uh, in, in the segment, uh, the Liberals' poll numbers seem to still be holding up relatively well. We've had some by-elections since the 2015 election. The Liberals have performed maybe better than people expected. They stole a seat from the Conservatives in B.C. in uh, some of the most recent by-elections. Like the latest poll we saw today, a Nanos poll out today. As the Liberals still sitting, I had 43% support the Conservatives at 29. 
So is it people like what they see and hear from the prime minister? The people like all of these moments, appreciate these moments that ended up on this list? Or are people looking past that? Are people ignoring that? Maybe people have low expectations for Justin Trudeau. Maybe they, they don't expect uh, him to be a great order or be able to speak with any kind of depth to policy. What matters to them is how the economy's doing and the actual policies that are getting implemented. But I think as we move forward in 2018, and there's some warning signs on the horizon, GDP growth not expected to be as strong in, in 2018, obviously a whole lot of uncertainty around NAFTA, the U.S. moving to, to increase their competitive position uh, on the tax front. So we could see some of that, that liberal advantage with a, uh, an economy that's performing well. Some of that could be eroded. And if the economy starts to go sideways, that could be big trouble for the prime minister. It's, do you have confidence in him? Do you have confidence in him to, to lead this country through difficult times, to steer this country through a crisis? That's what concerns me, because as I see, hear him say all of this, as I, I see these moments throughout the year, where there's real legitimate questions to be asked about, you know, this guy's own judgment, how he seems to walk right into some of these scandals. I'm not so sure. And we'll continue to hope for the best, folks. Uh, and, and I'll try to give credit where credit is due. Whether it's this prime minister, whether it's the premier, whether it's uh, that guy in charge uh, in the White House south of the border, uh, I think that's only fair. We'll continue to try to do that in, in 2018. But I'm curious your thoughts uh, on the countdown. And uh, we'll, we'll endeavor to get that posted a little bit later on today. I know some people were asking. We'll have that posted uh, on social media uh, at some point later on this afternoon. 974-8255. You can phone us, text us, same number. Uh, you can also email rob at uh, newstalk770.com. All right. Uh, coming up after 2 o'clock, uh, we're going to uh, talk a bit about, well, how we became be more so sensitive in 2017 uh, to issues around racism and some innocuous things getting caught up in the meantime. Tristan Hopper, the National Post, has a really provocative piece today. He's going to join us after 2 o'clock. Later on as well, Transparency International, and they're taking issue with StatsCan's numbers as it pertains to foreign ownership of real estate in Canada. How deep does it go, and how much of a problem is it? So We'll talk about that as well. Much more still to come. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.